I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today's reading is Numbers chapters 26 and 27. Now, at the beginning of the 40-year wilderness, we had a census count. And now, as we're on the east side of the Jordan River preparing to go into Canaan, it's time to get another count of fighting men. The command to count is found in Numbers chapter 26, beginning with verse 1. And it came to pass, after the plague, that the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saying, Take the sum of all the congregation of the children of Israel from twenty years old and upward throughout their father's house, all that are able to go to war in Israel. And Moses and Eleazar the priest spake with them in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho, saying, Take the sum of the people from twenty years old and upward, as the Lord commanded Moses and the children of Israel, which went forth out of the land of Egypt. Well, the census count at the beginning of the 40-year stay in the wilderness is found in Numbers chapter 1. Verse 1 here refers to the plague that killed 23,000 in Numbers chapter 25. We're told in that chapter that a man named Zimri, son of Salu, a leader among the Simeonites, was one killed by Phinehas. That's when he brought back the pagan-worshipping gal to the camp. You may want to look back at uh, Numbers chapter 25 to get a review of that. It's likely that the plague of Numbers chapter 25 that, that ensued afterwards began spreading on the south side of the tabernacle, and that's where the Simeonites were encamped. As a matter of fact, if you'll notice the diminished numbers of all three tribes that lived on the south side of the tabernacle uh, below the Kohathites, here's what you'll see. The uh, fact is, is it must have been a result of uh, that rebellion by Korah, because that's the area where the rebellion of Korah in Numbers chapter 16 originated with the leaders of the tribe of Reuben. Reuben's immediate neighbors on the south side were Simeon and Gad. Their numbers were reduced by 45,020. That's approximately 30% over those 38 years since the taking of the first census. Look at the huge hit in numbers Simeon alone took. That tribe got hit hard. That rebellion gets mentioned in verses 9 through 11. But notice particularly verse 11 says, Notwithstanding the children of Korah died not. So the families of the Reubenites, Simeonites, and Gadites, well, they were killed in that rebellion, but not Korah's children. They were Levites. Now, I've provided a table that condenses down the numbers taken in this census and compares them to year two census compared to year 40 census and the difference and you'll see there's a big hit on the three tribes that were south of the uh, tabernacle as I mentioned just a few moments ago so we begin taking the census and we start with Reuben verse 5 Reuben the eldest son of Israel the children of Reuben Hanak of whom cometh the family of the Hanakites, of Palu, the family of the Polites, of Hezron, the family of the Hezronites, 
of Carmi, the family of the Carmites. These are the families of the Reubenites, and they that were numbered of them were forty and three thousand and seven hundred and thirty. And the sons of Palu, Eliab, and the sons of Eliab, Nemuel, and Dathan, and Abiram. This is that Dathan and Abiram, which were famous in the congregation, who strove against Moses and against Aaron and the company of Korah, when they strove against the Lord. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up together with Korah. When that company died, what time the fire devoured 250 men, and they became a sign. Notwithstanding, the children of Korah died not. Well, Reuben's tribe took a big hit in numbers between the first and the second census. The reason is seen, as I mentioned earlier, in verses 9 through 11. It was the rebellion that caused some massive deaths among the tribes on the south side of the tabernacle, back in Numbers chapter 16. Reuben's numbers here diminished to 43,730 from the previous 46,500 since the original census. That's a loss of 2,770. Then we have the tribe of Simeon beginning in verse 12. The sons of Simeon after their families, of Numuel, the family of the Numuelites, of Jamin, family of the Jamanites, of Jachin, the family of the Jachinites, of Zerah, the family of the Zarhites, of Shaul, the family of the Shaulites. These are the families of the Simeonites, 20 and 2,200. Well, Simeon's tribe was located on the south side of the tabernacle along with Reuben. That's where the rebellion of number 16 took place. As a matter of fact, Simeon suffered the biggest loss in population as a result now only numbering 22,200. That's down from 59,300, a loss of 37,100 fighting men. That brings us to Gad, the tribe of Gad, in verse 15. The children of Gad, after their families, of Zephon, the family of the Zephonites, of Haggai, the family of the Haggites, of Shunai, the family of the Shunites, of Osni, the family of the Osnites, of Eri, the family of the Erites, of Arod, the family of the Aradites, of Areli, the family of the Arelites. These are the families of the children of Gad, according to those that were numbered of them, 40,500. Gad's tribe is located on the south side of the tabernacle, along with Reuben and Simeon. Also, they suffered a net loss in population, between the first census and the second census. This was undoubtedly as a result of the rebellion of number 16. They only diminished by 5,150, not so bad compared to the tribe of Simeon, but nonetheless a decrease from 45,650 down to 40,500. Then we come to the tribe of Judah, verse 19. The sons of Judah were Er and Onan, and Er and Onan died in the land of Canaan. And the sons of Judah, after their families, were Shelah, the family of the Shelanites, of Pharez, the family of the Pharezites, of Zerah, the family of the Zarhites, and the sons of Pharez were of Hezron, the family of the Hezronites, of Hamul, the family of the Hamulites, these are the families of Judah, according to those that were numbered of them, threescore and sixteen thousand and five hundred. Well, Judah 
increased from 74,600 to 76,500, a gain of 1,900. We see the death of Aaron Onan in Genesis chapter 38. Incidentally, the descendants of Shelah had some Canaanite heritage through Judah's wife, Shuah, also seen in Genesis chapter 38. Issachar begins in verse 23. The sons of Issachar after their families of Tola, the family of the Tolaites, of Puah, the family of the Punites, of Jashub, the family of the Joshubites, of Shimron, the family of the Shimronites. These are the families of Issachar, according to those that were numbered of them, threescore and four thousand and three hundred. So Issachar's tribe increased also from fifty-four thousand four hundred to sixty-four thousand three hundred. That's a gain of nine thousand nine hundred fighting men. That brings us to Zebulun, beginning in verse twenty-six. Of the sons of Zebulun, after their families of Serid the family of the Sardites, of Elon, the family of the Elonites, of Jalael, the family of the Jalaelites. These are the families of the Zebunites, according to those that were numbered of them, threescore thousand and five hundred. Zebulun's tribe increased from 57,400 to 60,500. That was a gain of 3,100. We see in verse 28 that Joseph gets honorable mention here. The sons of Joseph, after their families, were Manasseh and Ephraim. So Joseph's two sons, remember they were adopted by Jacob back in Genesis chapter 48, verses 5 to 22. They become the substitute for Joseph among the tribes of Israel. You still have 12, though. Since the Levites aren't numbered, the number of tribes still rounds out to an even 12. So now we come to Joseph's son Manasseh in verse 29. Of the sons of Manasseh of Machir, the family of the Machirites, and Machir begat Gilead. Of Gilead come the family of the Gileadites. These are the sons of Gilead. Of Jezer, the family of the Jezerites. Of Helic, the family of the Helicites. And of Asriel, the family of the Asrielites, and of Shechem, the family of the Shechemites, and of Shemidam, the family of the Shamadites, and of Hefer, the family of the Heferites, and of Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, had no sons but daughters. And the names of the daughters of Zelophehad were Malah, and Noah, Hagla, Melchah, and Tizra. These are the families of Manasseh, and those that were numbered of them, fifty and two thousand and seven hundred. Well, Manasseh was the son of Joseph. His numbers increase from thirty-two thousand two hundred to fifty-two thousand seven hundred. That's a big gain between the two census counts. Then we come to Ephraim. Verse 35, these are the sons of Ephraim after their families. Of Shuthala, the family of the Shuthalites. Of Beker, the family of the Bakrites. Of Tehan, the family of the Tehanites. And these are the sons of Shuthala. Of Eran, the family of the Eranites. These are the families of the sons of Ephraim, according to those that were numbered of them, thirty and two thousand and five hundred. These are the sons of Joseph after their families. 
Ephraim was also the son of Joseph. His numbers decreased from 40,500 to 32,500. That's a significant loss of 8,000. We don't know what brought about their loss in population. Incidentally, this was Joshua's tribe. That brings us to Benjamin in verse 38. The sons of Benjamin after their families, of Bela, the family of the Belaites, of Ashbel, the family of the Ashbelites, of Ahiram, the family of the Ahiramites, of Shufam, the family of the Shufamites, of Hufam, the family of the Hufamites. And the sons of Belit were Ard and Naaman, of Ard, the family of the Ardites, and of Naaman, the family of the Naamites. These are the sons of Benjamin after their families, and they that were numbered of them were forty and five thousand and six hundred. So we see here that Benjamin numbers significantly increased by 10,200. That was from 35,400 to 45,600. Then Dan in verse 42. These are the sons of Dan after their families. Of Shuham, the family of the Shuhamites. These are the families of Dan after their families. All the families of the Shuhamites, according to those that were numbered of them, were threescore and four thousand and four hundred. Dan's numbers increased somewhat by about 1,700, from 62,700 to 64,400. Now Asher, beginning of verse 44. Of the children of Asher, after their families of Jemnah, the family of the Jemnites, of Jeshuai, the family of the Jeshuites, of Bariah, the family of the Barites. Of the sons of Bariah, of Heber, the family of the Heberites, of Malchiel, the family of the Malchielites, and the name of the daughter of Asher was Sarah. These are the families of the sons of Asher, according to those that were numbered of them, who were fifty and three thousand and four hundred. So Asher began with forty one thousand five hundred and significantly increased by eleven thousand nine hundred to 53,400. Next we have Naphtali, beginning in verse 48. Of the sons of Naphtali, after their families, of Jazael, the family of the Jazelites, of Gunai, the family of the Gunites, of Jezer, the family of the Jezerites, of Shelem, the family of the Shelemites. These are the names of Naphtali according to their families. And they that were numbered of them were forty and five thousand and four hundred. So we see here Naphtali lost eight thousand over the years from fifty three thousand four hundred down to forty five thousand four hundred. Don't know why that happened. So the grand total is six hundred one thousand seven hundred thirty. We see that in verse fifty one. These were the numbered of the children of Israel six hundred thousand and a thousand seven hundred and thirty. Overall, the 12 tribes diminished in population over the 40 years from 603,550 to 601,730. That was a loss of 1,820. Now, keep in mind, these numbers include no non-Levite men. It's just all fighting men, and the Levites didn't fight. Now, we have instructions for dividing the land, which begin in verse 52. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Unto these the land shall be divided for an inheritance according to the number of names. To many thou shalt give the more inheritance, and to few thou shalt give the less inheritance. 
To every one shall his inheritance be given, according to those that were numbered of him. Notwithstanding, the land shall be divided by lot. According to the names of the tribes of their fathers they shall inherit. According to the lot shall the possession thereof be divided between many and few. Then the numbering of the Levites begins in verse 57. And these are they that were numbered of the Levites after their families, of Gershon, the family of the Gershonites, of Kohath, the family of the Kohathites, of Merari, the family of the Merarites. These are the families of the Levites, the family of the Libnites, the family of the Hebronites, the family of the Malites, the family of the Mushites, the family of the Korathites, and Kohath begat Amram. And the name of Amram's wife was Jochebed, the daughter of Levi, whom her mother bare to Levi in Egypt. She bare unto Amram, Aaron, and Moses, and Miriam their sister. And unto Aaron was born Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar. And Nadab and Abihu died when they offered strange fire before the Lord. And those that were numbered of them were twenty and three thousand, all males from a month old and upward. For they were not numbered among the children of Israel, because there was no inheritance given them among the children of Israel. So of non-Levite men, only Joshua and Caleb were left from forty years ago. We find that fact beginning in verse 63. These are they that were numbered by Moses and Eleazar, the priest who numbered the children of Israel in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho. But among these there was not a man of them whom Moses and Aaron the priest numbered when they numbered the children of Israel in the wilderness of Sinai. For the Lord had said of them, They shall surely die in the wilderness. And there was not left a man of them save Caleb the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua the son of Nun. Well, the Levites were numbered from one month old and upward, only males. Their number in the 40th year, according to verse 62, was 23,000. They weren't numbered in the previous section because they were separated out and received no inheritance of land for their tribe. The Levites lived among the other 12 tribes upon their arrival into Canaan. You'll recall that when the Hebrews wanted to stone Moses and Aaron after the spies came back in Numbers chapter 14, God made a decree which, which kept them in the wilderness for another 38 plus years. Remember his words in Numbers chapter 14 verses 29 and 30. Here's what he said. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness and all that were numbered of you according to your whole number from 20 years old and upward which have murmured against me doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. Now notice the comment made regarding this 40th year census in Numbers chapter 26, verses 64 and 65. But among these there was not a man of them whom Moses and Aaron the priest numbered when they numbered the children of Israel in the wilderness of Sinai. For the Lord had said of them, they shall surely die in the wilderness. And there was not left a man of them save Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. Now here's an interesting aspect of this count. Who's now the high priest succeeding Aaron and going on into Canaan with Israel? Well, if you said Eleazar, you're correct. 
However, Eleazar was serving as a priest under his father Aaron back before the spies were sent out. So obviously he was an adult at that point in time. And if we follow the service age of the priest in Numbers chapter 4, he was at least 30 years old. Yet, he didn't die before reaching Canaan. Therefore, one can confidently deduct that the Levites were exempt from the judgment on adult men, the judgment we see in Numbers chapter 14, verses 29 and 30, the very same verses we read just a few moments ago. Now, in the right side of the written notes of BibleTrack.org for today's date, I have an article that I've written, The Canaan Spies in the Forty Years, and the subtitle were Women and Levites Exempt from the Decree. Well, in fact, they were. Women weren't uh, necessarily to die off during those 40 years, nor were the Levites. It was simply those who were counted in the census at the beginning of the 40 years of wandering. Now, that brings us to Numbers chapter 27. Then came the daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, of the families of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. And these are the names of his daughters, Malah, Noah, and Haglah, and Milcah, and Tirzah. And they stood before Moses and before Eleazar the priest, and before the princes and all the congregation by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Our father died in the wilderness, and he was not in the company of them that gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah, but died in his own sin and had no sons. Why should the name of our father be done away from among his family, because he hath no son? Given to us, therefore, possession among the brethren of our father. And Moses brought their cause before the Lord, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, The daughters of Zelophehad speak right. Thou shalt surely give them a possession of an inheritance among their father's brethren. And thou shalt cause the inheritance of the father to pass unto them. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a man die and have no son, then he shall cause his inheritance to pass unto his daughter. And if he have no daughter, then he shall give his inheritance unto his brethren. And if he have no brethren, then he shall give his inheritance unto his father's brethren. And if his father have no brethren, then he shall give his inheritance unto his kinsmen, that is next to him of his family, and he shall possess it, and it shall be unto the children of Israel a statute of judgment, as the Lord commanded Moses. Well, we see here that the squeaky wheel gets the oil. These women, the daughters of Zelophehad of the tribe of Manasseh, well, they approach Moses with a problem. Here's the problem. Because their father died in the wilderness since they left Egypt, current inheritance laws leave them with nothing when they arrive in Canaan. Well, hmm, big law revision is in view here. Moses consults God himself on the issue. Subsequently, God commands Moses to make some you-won't-be-left-out legislation to take care of the situation for them as well as others who may fall into that category later on. This issue comes up again in Numbers chapter 36, verses 1 to 13, where it gets amended. They receive their inheritance in Joshua chapter 17, verses 1 to 18. Now, beginning with verse 12 here, Joshua gets the promotion of his life. Verse 12. And the Lord said unto Moses, Get thee up into this Mount Abiram, 
and see the land which I have given unto the children of Israel. And when thou hast seen it, thou shalt also be gathered unto thy people, as Aaron thy brother was gathered. For ye rebelled against my commandment in the desert of Zin, in the strife of the congregation to sanctify me at the water before their eyes, that is, the water of Meribah, in Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin. And Moses spake unto the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation, which may go out before them, and which may go in before them, and which may lead them out, and which may bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep which have no shepherd. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee Joshua the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay hand upon him, and set him over Eleazar the priest, and before all the congregation, and give him charge in their sight. And thou shalt put some of thine honor upon him, that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. And he shall stand before Eleazar the priest, who shall ask counsel for him after the judgment of Urim before the Lord. At his word they shall go out, and at his word they shall come in. Both he and all the children of Israel with him, even all the congregation. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him, and he took Joshua and set him before Eleazar the priest, and before all the congregation. And he laid his hands upon him and gave him charge as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. That's right. Joshua gets the big job. Moses had gotten the word from God that because of his fit of rage in Numbers chapter 20, verses 1 to 13, regarding that water from the rock incident, he won't be going on over into Canaan with his people. However, we do see the concept of eternal life in verse 13 when God tells Moses, Thou also shalt be gathered unto thy people. They hold a swearing-in ceremony before the people for Joshua, where Eleazar, the high priest, gives him a charge in their sight. So here you go, Israel. Meet your new leader, Joshua. Incidentally, Joshua had all the right credentials for the job. As a matter of fact, Joshua ascended the mountain with Moses back in Exodus chapter 24, verse 13, when God gave the plan for the tabernacle to Moses. Joshua was with Moses when they descended from the mountain in Exodus chapter 32, verse 17. And that's when they found Aaron had constructed that golden calf back then. Since there are only two non-Levite men who were with Moses out of Egypt, that was Joshua and Caleb, it just makes sense that Joshua is God's man to lead Israel. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walker.